some of uh, some of Stephen Cushman's best work on this track. Did you did the, did the podcast just start right in the middle? Yeah, you know. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yes, we're going to be talking about a track from the first album this week. So from yeah. the first Reliant K album. Welcome to our Reliant K podcast. We're not actually started yet, but yes, I just recently for the first time after. Three years of doing this Reliant K podcast, I discovered Stephen Cushman's Instagram page. The OG Cush himself. The OG Cush, and he had a glow up. He's a very uh, yeah. He's he's one of them Giga Chads. That we, <laughs> he looks like one of those like he looks like one of those like I don't know one of those like uh, grown up adult people that looks all good and stuff. He's a handsome gentleman. Yeah, that is for sure. I learned it last week, actually. I did this didn't come up in last week's episode, but when we were discussing the ballad of Tim Eddings, one of my first theories was maybe Tim Eddings is a fr- well, he technically was a friend of theirs. He was their manager, but I was like maybe Tim Eddings is just like a friend, like a school friend or something. Mm-hmm. But no, it turned out he was their first manager, but going off of the idea of is Tim Eddings like a friend of Reliant K's from high school or something? I DM'd Walter, the guy I'm Facebook friends with that went to school with Tyson. Right. And I was like, Do you know who Tim Eddings is? And he's like, No, sorry. And I was like, Oh. And I was like, Never mind. It says right here on Genius, he was their manager. Well, then I'm talking to Walter and he's like, Yeah, do you, have you checked into Stephen Cushman? And he's like, he's, he's married to a lady. She, we went. I went to. I knew her in school, and she's like an actress now. She has an IMDb page, so I found it, and she's like an actress with an IMDb page. And then I was like, "Is this actually Stephen Cushman's wife? She's a pretty lady. I mean, he could absolutely." But I'm just like, so I find her Instagram, and then I find his Instagram through that. So these are the kinds of they're an attractive, attractive couple. Yes. And this is the kind of deep cut research you expect from Sadie Hawkins Pod. That's right. The kind of the kind of notes that we get from Matt Hoops this week on the Twitter. Did I mention that to you? Uh, no. That when I posted about Okay, like, okay, wait, wait, wait. We're we're still in front of the, the little song. We're still in the thing. cold open. We're still in the cold open. So why don't we get to that after we play the song and, and then and then get into Whatever it? Whatever this song is, it's tell it's technically two songs. Here's a clip of it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. All right, now let's dive right back into uh, top of the show business. So, I'm looking, I'm looking. Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm scrolling back. This was like a week ago, but we have so much interaction on Twitter. I have to go back, back. Okay, so I tweeted a couple days after the Tim Eddings episode. I said, who is Tim Eddings, and why did Relying K write his ballad? He was their manager from around all work to around anatomy and or two lefts. Today he works for Celebrity Etc., books live music in the Columbus area, and owns a bar called Rumba. And then I posted a clip of that. That's right, that didn't come up in the clip that we played. Yeah. But in that hour and a half roundtable discussion that Tim Eddings was a part of with three other guys and a host, Mm -hmm. they talk about he owns a bar. He owns a specific bar. Actually, it gets mentioned really quickly in the 
clip we did play last week, but I didn't give any context to it. He owns gotcha. one bar. That's super cool. So then Hoops replies to us and says, this is some deep research. Tim is the best. Awesome. And I was like, thank you, Hoops. We are the best. Oh, wait. <laughs> he said Tim is <laughs> the best. Never mind. <laughs> and then I said, it took some digging to figure out, but it was still a little easier than figuring out about Scott Cannon for beaming. And I realized, I don't think I said this last week, but Reliant K has two songs about people from their management team. Scott Cannon is the the Scotty of Beam Me Up Scott of the song Beamin. Right, right. It's an allusion to Star Trek if you haven't heard our Beaming episode, but it's actually about their tour manager Scott Cannon. And they have another song about a manager, their actual manager manager. So I also tweeted if you're a part of Reliant K's management team and there's a song about you, look out, we're coming for you. <laughs> We'll find you. Because there's, there's so many more uh, <laughs> management songs out well, is there. Well, so- <laughs> is it going to turn out that there's somebody in the Reliant K management camp named, like, Jim Picnic or something? And <laughs> this song is a... We'll find out. Because <laughs> this week we're talking about the hidden track. It's sort of a double hidden track to the self-titled. We'll talk about... What is this song called? It's called Punk Rock Picnic. You've seen it in the title. We'll talk about where does that title come from and Slash what other titles call are. Call Us Rock Stars. Yeah, and that's that's a much more abstract title. Like I feel like the Punk Rock Picnic is a much more canonized title for it. But we'll get into that. We do have some voicemails. Oh, cool. So let's play those. Oh, I also wanted to say that I think we've gotten this question before, and I believe I said In Love with the 80s, which still stands, but one song that I would really, really love to hear live is Runnin', and they didn't play it at our show on the Looking for America tour, and today I was listening to the vinyl and just thinking, like, how amazing that song must be live, because it's so good and so rockin', and there are just, like, so many parts to it. Yeah. Well, here's a voicemail from Daniel, who I'll have to mention again in a little bit. Daniel's going to come up, but uh, he doesn't even know why, probably. But first, we'll play his voicemail. Hey, guys, it's Daniel. Um, yeah, I wanted to follow up on something on From End to End. When you mentioned that there's like a like a, a couple parts where Cheese's voice sounds really weird, there's actually, I don't remember the name of the guy, but there is a guest vocalist on that song. Um, obviously it's not like a feature like you would do nowadays, but like if you look in the liner notes, um, it does say additional vocals on that song by some guy that I can't think of the name of right now, um, from some other band, I think. Uh, so I think those spots where like kind of got more vibrato in the voice, I think that's that other guy because there's just not too many times where Tucson has any sort of vibrato really in his voice at all. Um, uh, and then I was going to say something about the round on Ballad of Tim Eddings. Um, yeah, it's not a round, really, because a round is when you, like, are singing the same thing, but just at different times over each other. And they're not really doing that. They're just singing different things at the same time. So it's more of, like, vocal polyphony, kind of. Um, yeah. Uh I think that's, oh yeah, and the, the, uh, rain, um, I could totally hear that in the, in the podcast, which is funny because it's, it's actually raining here in KC, uh, as I'm listening to it. Uh, so it's very, 
meta or 3D sounding. I don't know, but kind of cool. Anyway, have a good one. Well, there you go. So that answers those questions. We should have had, uh, we should take our podcast into like the spatial audio realm, 3D audio. We should have, I mean, there's stereo, but like where you, when you move your head, like if you move your head towards where Jessica would be virtually talking, then you hear more rain. <laughs> if you move it towards me, then you hear more of our neighbors having a loud party. Or... Right. And uh, you have to do it only when it, you have to listen to this only when it's raining where you are as well. Right. So it, it's very immersive that way. If you tilt your head downwards, you can hear April going. <laughs> she wants treats. Yeah, she's pretty much just straight up decided that she does not understand. First of all, she doesn't understand Danny, daylight saving. Second of all, she's decided that now when we sit here, it's it's time for bed. You could hear you sniffing the treat. Whatever. Over the mic. I was going to explain it. I was I took out her Halloween treats that we got from a neighbor and I was like, "Oh, what are these?" I mean, are they 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 literally smell like golden grams. Oh, they do. They literally smell like doggy go- it's a dog bone, mm. but it smells like golden grams. That's a good girl. <laughs> she's like i know she's you have st- the other half up there jessica took it jessica gave it to april april wa- starts to walk away but then stops to look at me is like do you have anything else for me b-? right <laughs> yeah saying, saying the b word to me not to april to jessica whatever your name is so yes thank you daniel for explaining yeah i mean i did think of that when i started talking about rounds and singing row 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 your boat and the other ones that I did first that weren't actually rounds, but uh, I was like, I did think of it later. I was like, wait, this isn't really a round because there's no like second round of vocals that are time to measure up. So it's not really a round, but it does, it did say it somewhere on the internet, maybe the genius or something where it said it was a round. And I think we just took that information from genius and believed them, but it's not a round. It's just, it's more, it, like I, I said, it's more like a sea shanty, the Ballad of Tim Eddings, which is not really, I don't know, who cares? <laughs> One of these songs is kind of a polka, but maybe it's not. We'll have to talk about that. <laughs> so we'll just get into it now. Um, oh, okay. Was that it for Top of the Show? That was it for Top oh, of the okay. Show. That was actually the only voicemail. Oh, okay. And I'll mention why I'm going to, I'm going to mention another Daniel voicemail from the past i don't have it i don't i can't find it in the archives but i'll have to mention a daniel voicemail from the past when we start talking about this song punk rock picnic which as i did mention in case you have never you know it's still on streaming well this has basically become hidden track month because we're doing this this week yeah we said we weren't going to do another hidden track yeah today but but we it are was a little, i'll just say what we're holding <laughs> up on we were going to do Anchorage. We were going to do a different self-titled song. And, you know, we have the tendency to take the little interstitial songs and put them together with the track they belong with. So, But we did it wrong with Anchorage. We thought Anchorage was the lead-in to Staples. So we were going to do Anchorage when we do Staples. The outro, I think, right? No, the intro. Is oh, the... you're right. The no. outro. Yeah. yeah, sorry. You're right. Because it's the opposite. So it's we, actually the intro to Seventeen magazine. Yeah, that's what the man canonically considers it, and we have a reason to believe that over on Patreon.com. And this has been a secret up till now, and now I'm going to release it, part uh, some of it to the public. 
we finally, I've been talking since the beginning of the podcast about how I have a VHS tape somewhere of a camcorder recording of Reliant K performing at Soul Fest 2000. And Jessica, and I, 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 I found it in the last couple of years. I would find it and be like, gotta digitize this. And then it would end up in a pile of stuff or a pile of VHS tapes that we buy from a flea market. And there you go. There's the other half of the bone, April. <laughs> And so we finally digitized it, and then we did a watch-along over at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, and now I'm going to release... I wanted to wait like a month so that the patrons had something special for a month, and now I'm going to release the... And I also didn't want to advertise it outside of the Patreon, because that felt a little like opportunistic, a little scummy to be like, we have exclusive live Reliant <laughs> K footage. And if you want to see it, you got to pay. That didn't feel right. Yeah, this no. Actually is, you know, I have it was, this. It was always a plan to, to make it right. available. And, and to keep it private. But now I'm going to make the footage public on YouTube yeah. for everyone to see. I posted one clip of it in the last couple of weeks of where they're goofing around about ska music at one point. But I'll make the whole concert available when they play Anchorage, they in, they introduce it as the intro to Seventeen magazine, and that like shocked us because I always thought of Anchorage as the outro to Staples because I thought you have this harrowing song about a friend who was in a car crash and he survived and he could have ended up with Jesus that day, and then I thought it makes sense to have like this kind of Midwest emo y sort of emotional like uh, contemplative slow nice musical interlude to kind of take you out of that before you get into a light breezy fun song like 17 magazine uh, it, it makes sense as a bridge emotionally between those two songs but turns out they consider it according to this live footage we found anchorage they consider the intro to 17 magazine we already did 17 magazine we should have talked about anchorage there but we didn't so we're gonna do a separate anchorage episode i we was gonna be this week I want to have Jimmy Eat Pod on to talk about emo music in general and Israel and K emo. Spoiler warning, I don't think that they do count as emo music, but have them on. And what Israel and K's role in the popular concept of emo music and is it just pop punk? Is it just pop rock that happens to be more contemplative and emotional like what are those lines we haven't timed it with jimmy eat pod with david and justin yet so this keeps getting pushed off we're like let's just make this hidden track month so here we are talking about pop punk rock picnic from the self-titled well speaking of jimmy eat pod and jimmy eats world jimmy yeah that's jimmy, right jimmy's <laughs> eats world yeah <laughs> um i actually have a quote from matt hoops uh over on cantonrep.com, there was an article from the Canton Repository from July 8th, 2015. And here's the, they, they put together like a summer mixtape. And so Matt Hoops, they interviewed him and had him pick a song. And he said, Sweetness by Jimmy World. Uh, Theo's song will forever remind me of driving across the country in an old van, screaming out the words with my best friends in the middle of the night. It has this undeniable energy in the drums, and it always feels like summer. Mad Hoops guitarist, Reliant K. So that was just something random that I came across in my deep dive, and I was <laughs> just, like, oh, well, this is a great time to uh, insert that quote. <laughs> I love that there was a typo that said, instead of this, it said Theo's 
It was the word this with a typo of an O in it. Yeah, I thought it was somebody who was in Jimmy <laughs> eat, eat World. No, it's just a typo with the letter it is, O. It is Eat World, right? And eat not World. Eats World. Okay, because there's also a typo because I just copied and pasted this straight from the website. It says Jimmy Eats World on the, on the Canton <laughs> so Rep. The Canton com. Rep filled with typos. <laughs> I just loved how you sweetly read the typo as the typo. I really like because yeah, that makes sense. You're like, is Theos? Is he? Some- I thought it was somebody in Jimmy Eat World. I don't know a lot about Jimmy Eat World. I apologize. I have Theos only heard. World. I've heard the middle, and I did listen to this song after I read it. It wasn't quite my thing. Spoiler warning. I was like, ah, oh, this is you know all right. But anyway, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, maybe we'll- not, not my favorite song to to sing in a van with my friends. But you know. Maybe we'll uh, have to talk about that on our Anchorage episode. But anyway, Punk Rock Picnic. So the hidden track to the self-titled comes on after K-Car. We did K-Car. Let me see. We did it way back in the double digits. It was episode 60. No, 39. 37. (laughs) You were guessing? (laughs) I was way off. This is an early, early episode. This is episode... I was trying to guess while I was pulling it up. This was... K-Car was episode 37 on March 11th, 2020. Oh, wow. So it was a long... It's been a long time coming to talk about the second half of this track. Yeah. So... So with this, I don't know if they're mocking this music style or if they're actually trying to do something with the punk rock picnic track. So it's really kind of just like a like a bit of a thrashy punk song. Right, like a shreddy. I guess. Like a like it's not really punk and it's not really metal, but and then it's got all that like pretentious uh, TV clips. In yeah, the background. clips over it. So this is just kind of a slight, not really thrashy, but it is a, it is a very shreddy. Like there's a lot of guitar shredding going on, sort of straight ahead, heavy rock song, instrumental, under which I would not even say on top of. But sort of mixed under the sounds of the of the main rock track is the sounds of a TV flipping channels. And I tried to Google some of these lines of dialogue and see if I could find the origin of some of the clips, but I couldn't do that. I think it uh, my guess... One of the things they're like talking about Mexican nationals, and I'm like, right. what is the intention mm- of this? No, I don't think there was any intention from the production of it. I will say that I think they literally turned on the TV with a with an audio recorder and just caught whatever happened to play on the TV with no worry about copyright intended or whatever to the clips themselves. I think they thought hmm. this is a hidden track on our Christian market record. Nobody is going to realize. I, now, do 20 you think years the polka from now, bit is what they actually just landed on? Well, or we'll talk about the polka bit. Okay. We'll talk about the polka bit separately. So I think they had no worries about what if what if somebody identifies what these sound clips are from and that TV show, that documentary, that news show comes and tries to sue us. I don't think they had any worry that that would happen because 20 years later, I Google those lines of dialogue and I still can't even identify them. I think they just considered it kind of like fair use to be recording the television 
and whatever happened to play is what they threw on there. Because, yeah, there's at one point where you hear someone talking about Mexican nationals. So I'm guessing that's probably like some documentary or news footage or news commentary that just happened to land on a channel. Some of them definitely sound like movie clips, but not like big movie clips. They could be random television shows and like under the radar and not super well-known movies that just happened to be playing on Canton television at that time. I mean, I don't know if it was cable or air television, but you can hear the the like the that 2000s that like pre-digital television of every channel change because Mm -hmm. now even free air television is technically digital right television used to be television waves like radio waves and that's why television would have that static but then they converted all of american television waves to a digital free television wave and that's why when you watch free air television now it actually has the blockiness of a dvd when you're not getting clear enough signal so say no to the monster in your living room say no to pay tv (laughs) that's right so the song the song is just a kind of fun odd shredding instrumental rock song let's talk about the title for a second we do have a lot to talk about it's just like it's an instrumental it rocks uh in its way it's kind of it's it's kind of weird and a little i would almost describe like the style of it as like it's not butt rock, but it definitely doesn't seem as genuine a song as it, yeah. it. Like it's interesting, and it's maybe a little. If it's close to anything in Reliant K's discography, it's maybe a little closer to Softer to Me, because Softer to Me has that. It's not a hardcore song, but when we talked about Softer to Me, it has sort of hard hardcore in you know influence and more like post hardcore like, like douche Fugazi. rock. Are you talking about softer to me? No, this this song, <laughs> punk rock picnic. Yeah, so it's it's there's an odd like sort of ingenuine feel to the production. But I was just wondering if they were just like, hey, we're here. Let's just hash out like a fun rocky instrumental, something that's maybe a little a little douchey, just a little overplayed, like something that seems a little trite and silly for us to play like and if it whether it's hoops or teeson or a guest i looked at the credits and there's no reference of anyone else playing guitar on this album in fact it says you know we've commented on this before in the booklet for the self-titled it says mark Ta- markley townsend did not play any guitars on this record if he did they would have been better so i guess that must extend to the hidden track so that implies that this is teeson or hoops playing all these shreddy guitar solo type things and maybe they just wanted to have some fun and make it a hidden track because they knew it didn't sound like a Reliant K song. Right. They knew that even as an interstitial joke song, this might not have represented the band properly. Where, yeah, they can do a Anchorage, or they originally intended to have the, have the Ed Sullivan cover. All of that could have been interstitial tracks that you knew would have been jokes. But I, maybe they were afraid that if we do this as like kind of a joke song later in the track list people might take it too seriously. So let's make it a hidden track. And maybe they even more so wanted to layer it with those television sound effects, those te- that television playback to just give that extra layer of, this is a little ironic. We don't want you to take this seriously as us rocking and jamming out on our spare time. Like we're just doing this because it's kind of a larf 
it's kind of a goof. It's kind of a goof to do this slightly butt rocky, you know, heavier, shreddy song at the end of the album. Now, there's two things to talk about, and they kind of connect together. The song is called Punk Rock Picnic. I don't. I did some try, sort of. I tried to do our reputation to Matt Hoops proud and do some deep research, but there wasn't a lot of information out there. I'm not sure where the title Punk Rock Picnic comes from. I'm not sure why it's been so canonized because it's not mentioned in the booklet. It's not mentioned on the on the CD case. The hidden track is on the vinyl, but it's also not mentioned on the vinyl. Somewhere the title Punk Rock Picnic got canonized, and I wonder where because it's also not on and I'm going to talk about something else, but it's not on any of the promo CDs that were released for this. There was a pre-release like pre-mixed version of the album that kind of went out to, I guess, industry people and friends and stuff. And this song is listed on the track list and it's called Heavy Metal. It's just called Heavy Metal. It's not called Punk Rock Picnic. Huh, so this song had a different title on on that pre-release, pre-mix hmm. version of, this, of the album, which has only ever been on Discogs once. It was sold in 2019, like weeks after we started this podcast. Someone sold it for $50. And I'm like, damn, because that is a really uh, rare looking thing. It supposedly has alternate takes of oh. Charles in Charge and maybe even Seventeen Magazine. Oh, wow. Like, there might be slightly different clips of Buddy from Charles in Charge oh. saying stuff, and there oh, might wow. be, like, totally different guitar takes. And somebody out there bought it for $50 on Discogs three years ago, and as far as I know, it's never shown up on YouTube or Whoever you files. are, share the wealth. You should share the wealth. Like, this is, you know... You know, there are so many... I talked about this a couple weeks ago, and I've been talking about it a lot, but there's so many bands where these deep-cut cool things are available to all the fans who want to go dig for them on the internet, and Reliant K should be one of those bands, and these some of these really deep-cut important things are literally just lost media right now. And it's shocking and sad to think that a band like Reliant K has full-on lost media at the moment, and people are just sitting on it and not releasing it. I'm finally releasing this concert footage we have, but that's different. Like, I know that there's got to be VHS tapes and mini DV tapes all around the country and the world of people taping a Reliant K performance and they've never gotten them online. That's one thing. But an officially released promo version of the self-titled and those alternate takes have never leaked. Like, if you were sitting on things for, like, Green Day or Jimmy Eat World or Blink-182 you'd have people like knocking down your door and like outrage that you're not releasing this. But just, it's really sad to think that a band like Reliant K who has so many incredibly devoted fans don't have access to these really cool, rare things. So please, I'm hoping whoever has that CD out there will digitize it, turn it into wave files and just put it on a Google drive somewhere, put it on YouTube, like make on, you know, make lossless uncompressed versions of the pre-mixed version of of uh, the self-titled available for everyone to hear, please. Like everyone else deserves it. Don't do it. You you know if if you're holding on to something like that, like there's no point. Like it's not going to be worth more money because it's never leaked. I think it would be probably worth more money after it leaked because more people would be aware it exists. It's there on Discogs. But anyway, 
on that punk rock picnic is just called heavy metal. And I have reason to believe, which I'll talk about later, that possibly on that premix version of the self-titled, the heavy metal punk rock picnic instrumental doesn't have the TV mix in it. doesn't have the clips of a live TV changing in a room. That it's just the instrumental music. Okay. I'll explain why I think that later. But I also wanted to mention that when I was Googling, trying to figure out where all these clips possibly came from, at least hoping I'd find like one or two and I never found any of them, it reminded me of a voicemail from Daniel back when the Um Yeah tour finished. And he called, he called with a lot of points that week and we hit on most of them, but we missed one that he asked where it was like all the movie clips in they play in the room before every um yeah performance you hear a tv changing oh and i was like oh my gosh yeah like that's really odd i just clicked that in my brain so when daniel called no relation to talking about punk rock picnic he just called and said like oh when you know the lights go down in the um yeah tour and you hear a tv turn on you start hearing clips from like you know, Back to the Future and Star Wars and all kinds and Goonies and all that stuff. He's like, oh, I caught a couple of them. Did you guys, you guys are big movie fans. Did you catch any other references? And I, we just never got back to Daniel's point. But then I thought about it and I'm like, wait, this is the same thing that happened on Punk Rock Picnic. Except obviously they designed that opening audio from right. the Amya tour. They designed it to be like a TV changing and happens to be playing all of these classic movies. Right. In this case, Punk Rock Picnic, again, it's, I really, really do believe that they just turned on the TV when they turned on the TV and recorded what they recorded. And maybe they had 20 minutes of, you know, maybe they had 20 minutes, half an hour, 10 minutes of television audio, but I doubt that they edited it, edited it within itself. I feel like they probably just took the three minute chunk the length of, of the punk rock picnic heavy metal section and then just plopped it down, mixed it down a little bit so that the music overpowered the television and that was it. And the reason I have to think that this kind of stuff has happened is because I know other examples of it. There's a um, Mighty Mighty Boss Tone song called The Bartender Song on the first album that opens with the sounds of people in a bar and then you hear the guitar start to go like it's the song's about to start and then you hear a radio in the bar and it's of a Red Sox game and the announcer goes, the Red Sox, so they're getting roasted. And then you hear click, click, click and the song kicks in. And like, oh, that's really cool. The actual behind the scenes of that song is they were recording directly to physical actual tape. Like they weren't recording digitally. So they grabbed a radio and they just brought it into the studio, ran the tape, and it was like a whatever, eight-track recorder, four-track recorder, something like that. And they're like, whatever the radio just happens to catch is what's going to be on the song. Oh, wow. And it's just, they happen. it was complete serendipity. Oh, wow. Like that they just caught this perfect moment of the, Red Sox, of the Red Sox announcer saying that the Red Sox were losing horribly. And then click, 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 song kicks in. <laughs> Wow. So these are these are like things that I feel like nowadays digital pro tools of course you design that television audio you do, you cut what you, clips you want you cut in and out of the static that you want but I don't I'm just guessing that that's not what they did on Punk Rock Picnic and that's about all I have to say about Punk Rock Picnic <laughs> do, do you know anything about any actual Punk Rock Picnics 
when I googled punk rock picnic, I did find like a bunch of like local punk concerts called punk rock picnic. Yeah, I have an article, but I can't actually click into it because it's, you know, a corrupt site, but it's from OC Weekly. Okay. And it says who stole the punk rock picnic from June 13th, 2013. What they'd actually bought were tickets to the first annual punk rock picnic music festival and an event created by Smith that was separate from dot 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 (laughs) and we'll never know how that ends well there's a lot of youtube videos of concerts called punk rock picnic makes sense so i wonder so coming back now to the so this song is a lot of mysteries i did as many google deep dives as i could i searched on twitter for people talking about this song i searched on the discord the relanca discord i searched on everything i could and i saw that people again talking about the pre-release unmixed alternate cut version of a self-title that's never released so it's not just us hoping that it leaks someday i'm not sure where they got the title punk rock picnic uh because on that pre-release it was called heavy metal it's listed on that cover as heavy metal but no physical version of the self-title that i know no artwork says punk rock picnic is the last track Right. Now, I'm I'm wondering if it's like an early just accepted thing. If maybe like in Reliant K discussion boards, people were like, oh, I talked to Tyson once and he said that song's called Punk Rock Picnic. Or I wonder if there's other like press material for the first album that is like totally lost that says there's a hidden track called Punk Rock Picnic. If it I just... think it is official in some capacity. Yeah, because yeah, I definitely I definitely came across things that were like punk rock picnic slash call us rock stars. Rock stars, all one word. Right. But that's what's funny is that there are two titles because this is a double hidden track. We will talk about the polka in a minute. But once the once the shreddy punk rock heavy metal faux punk rock heavy metal thing ends, it fades into some live audio of a real polka performance that is definitely not reliant k but it's funny that there are like reddit posts and people discussing the idea that the polka section has a title called call us rock stars i had never heard that before we started doing this deep dive so it makes me think even more that this is some like apocryphal although just calling something apocrypha I mean, we're a Christian podcast, so this might be blasphemous. But just saying something's apocryphal doesn't mean it's not necessarily true. It just meant it's, like, outside of accepted canon or outside of, like, known norms of the discussion. I'm like, who and where did the phrase call us rock stars for the polka section, where did that come from? I can't find any reference to that. Now, Punk Rock Picnic on Discord, I figured out this trick. Sorry, not Discord. Sorry. Discogs. (laughs) Discogs. <laughs> you don't have to edit that out. You can just, okay. Jessica was looking at the time code. Like, can I edit that? No, it's okay. <laughs> On Discogs, I figured out this trick recently where Discogs has a very well-crafted search algorithm. This came up when we talked about Fallen Man. I discovered that on Discogs, and this is just a tip for anyone who's out there searching for music or certain searching for certain records and stuff. If you type in the name of the band and the name of the song is a single search string search result it will just show you every album that that song by that artist is on it won't work if the word if the names are too generic like if it's if you're looking for the song bad company by the band bad company it's not going to work because it's just going to show you everything by bad company twice but the words relying k punk rock picnic are distinctive enough that when you type it into disco discogs 
it gives me every specific pressing of the self-titled that references the title Punk Rock Picnic in the track list on Discogs. That, as far as I can tell, doesn't mean that the title Punk Rock Picnic is printed on all of these pressings, if at all. It just means they're acknowledging, you know, someone who edited that Discogs page for this particular release put the title Punk Rock Picnic in as the hidden awesome. track. And there's no notes in the in the liner notes or anything at all about this? No. So... The, I mean, I guess not, because it's a hidden track, so they want to keep it hidden. So the way that Discogs lists it is it says K-Car is track 14.1, and Punk Rock Picnic is track 14.2. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the way that Discogs lists hidden tracks. I never really paid attention to that before. It's also, Punk Rock Picnic is listed on the the uh, Record Club edition of this album, which is, you know, different barcodes, so it has its own page. The European pressing, the Australian pressing, the CD reissue, where when the album was reissued, not with that goatee records, like, plastic ribbed spine. I have the original ribbed spine right here. Like, goatee records had this, um, this ver- this their own special kind of case where it was this hard plastic. And it's all punk rock picnic is also listed on the vinyl test pressing, the vinyl test, the vinyl test pressing from 2018, but not the actual vinyl. So it's just weird that some of the pressings of this album on Discogs have punk rock picnic canonized as the name of this of the secret track. Did you double check our our vinyl? And it's I I feel like it might be on there. I'm not sure. I actually pulled it out and listened to it today. Well. I'll go look at the vinyl in a second, but Maybe when I open the, when I open the booklet, there's no mention of there being a hidden track okay. on here. And now and now I'm going as far as to look in the thank you notes. Right, for that's where I was thinking it might be hidden. Yeah, I like the polka bit a lot more than the uh, the the punk rock picnic. Right. Honestly, <laughs> so so finishing the name the title discussion. Get well, then we'll talk about the polka. It's like okay, punk rock picnic definitely canonized somewhere on the early internet, early. 2000s 2001 fans of Reliant K knew the hidden track is called Punk Rock Picnic but then also somewhere in those discussions early fans accepted knew that the polka section is called Call Us Rock Stars which is funny because it's a polka it's like live polka music in what sounds like an actual polka concert in Canton that they just captured and then just threw on here so that's weird and it's just weird and that that's the hidden track and that I guess it's called Call Us Rockstars. So what do you think of the polka song overall? It's nice, right? It's just cute. It's fun. I like it. It's not an oompa polka. No. It's like a slow romantic polka. Right. <laughs> because polka is more versatile as a genre. I've listened to a little bit of polka music at times. There are enough... Uh, artists that I like that have dabbled with polka. Obviously, Weird Al is one of the big ones, but then They Might Be Giants have had one polka. Uh, it's called The Famous Polka. It's a very funny and good song. Um, it's very fast, though. Then people think of, like, umpa music, and, like, you go to, like, a beer fest, and they're playing, like, polka music. Uh, we live in walking distance past a Mexican restaurant, and they play a lot of, like, popular Mexican music, and polka is popular just like ska is as well polka is popular mixed into forms of current 
popular Mexican music. So, or elements of it anyway. So I have heard enough polka that I realize that it's not just like whatever, just like punk really. Like when you think of punk, like some people think of Blink-182 and they think that's all punk is. Some people think of the Ramones and they think that's all punk is. But then there's other stuff like Blondie is punk and like Public Image Limited is punk and like Richard Hell or like Lou Reed is, you know, punk. Like the, the Velvet Underground, like these things like punk is a more versatile genre than people who first kind of jump into it and might get introduced by one particular artist or think it's just one style where polka has more depth musically and can do more so this is like a slower romantic polka song it's not an umpa polka right and i also did tried to do some deep dive on this because you can hear them talking and you can hear them talking at this polka concert and you hear one of the guys say now time for the pros to take over which at first I was like the pros, like the like 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 language pros, but I think he meant the professionals. I think at this concert, whatever it was, yeah, the some of the artists might have been changing out, some of the musicians might have been changing out sure. on the band, and you hear one of the guys joke, "It's like time for the pros to take over." Ah ha ha ha! I'm more professional than you. And then you hear one of them say, "Espanol, espanol," and you kind of hear that. And at first I thought, "What is he saying? Espanol, like Spanish?" He's, and then he says, we're going to do Espanol. So I think the name of this polka song oh. is Espanol. So I started searching for as many polka songs as I could find called Espanol, which became very difficult because, as I mentioned, polka music is a big influence on vital, current Mexican music. So just typing in Espanol polka gives you all the polka in the world from Spanish countries. So I really had to do some like Boolean search tool stuff. I didn't get any anywhere very good, but I did find that there is a polka song called Espanol. Okay. And it has a specific traditional dance set Hmm. to it. I found multiple YouTube videos and I found like three polka artists that have covered this song. It kind of sounds like this song, but this song is slowed down and the melody is similar, but not exactly the same. So it's like possible that if I actually found the song that they were playing, that they like transposed the the uh, key a little bit or slowed down the tempo to a point where I couldn't listen to these other tracks called Espanol Polka and confirm that they are the same song for sure. Interesting. And you can't Shazam it or Soundhound it because uh. it shows you K-Car. It literally, <laughs> right? it goes for the master recording, sure, not the sure. melody itself. Now, were any of these bands Gus Polinski and the Kenosha Kickers? No, but there is a different polka artist from Ohio. Because they're real big in Sheboygan. Oh, this is a movie reference. <laughs> It's, it's the polka king of the midwest himself. oh well when you say polka king polka 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 i know exactly what you're talking about when you say polka king oh man i really just uh deceived myself by not getting your home alone reference right away this is the second time i have made that home alone reference on this podcast in a hundred and what are we at now however many 140 episodes i know polka king and i know polka polka polka, <laughs> <Yeah>. polka. 
And I know John Candy somberly telling the mom from <laughs> Home Alone that, his, that her son won't hate her forever. That's all I know. So I continue to try to figure out a few more things. No real, like, definitive breakthrough moments. But at the end of this polka track... And by the way, we haven't talked about what... Now, I have my theory on what the television chatter is in the background of Punk Rock Picnic. So what my main theory is of this polka section, if we call it Call Us Rockstars, what my theory is of why this, what this is and why it's on here is... They're play- They're in Canton. At the end of the track, you hear one of the band members, I guess the band leader, start to talk about how they have a song about the Cleveland Browns. Do they play this on the radio oh, here? Did you not get this far I into the hymn track? The- no, I got that far. It's just I listened to it on the vinyl, and it was really hard to decipher what they were oh, saying. Okay. So at the end of the track, you the, the this, this song, whether it's called Espanol or whatever it might be called, it's done. The band leader says, "Do you hear my song? Have you guys heard my song on the radio? It's about the Cleveland Browns. Do they play that here in Canton? Well, let's play it right now." And then the song fades out. The track on the Ryan K album fades out before they play the polka song about the Cleveland Browns. I heard him mention Canton, right? Which I guess polka big in Canton. I think polka is big everywhere. I mean, yeah. There's a uh, in my deep dive, I came across the Polka American Citizens Club in Canton, Ohio, <laughs> and also an article on top po- 10 polka bands for hire in o- Canton, Ohio. I think polka is just a really big lower to middle class activity. I think people just love polka. I think polka is like I mean, a cultural loved milestone. It back for in people. the day, but I didn't know it was still a big deal. I guess so. we know when I typed in Brown's polka, I found like marriage footage uh what what do you call the party at the end of a wedding reception reception i found reception footage of a family whose last name is the browns dancing the polka at their wedding and this is like footage from the 80s or the 70s nice and they put this like someone put this footage of their family archival on youtube so it seems like this is. I think it's just a cultural thing. I think it's just big, if especially if you're like yeah. Polish or right, and you're, you know what uh, generation of immigrant you yeah, are to exactly. America. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's a music that speaks to a lot of people it because, does. like I, I it said, transcends it, class. It does transcend class, and it, like I said, speaks to Mexican audiences now for a long time, and European audiences and Americans, and it's it's actually it's a fun music, and it gets. A lot of short shrift as like this geeky, dumb music. But I think culturally it has more going on. There's different styles you can do within polka. Just like I mentioned punk rock, but also ska. Like ska has multiple different styles within it. And yet people think it's only the corny, fast third wave ska that they remember from the 90s. Um, So what I guess my theory on what's going on here is one of two things. Either like a family member or close family friends of the members of Reliant K. Because we know Tyson's family has been very musical. Right. Maybe Tyson or, or, or close family members like his, his aunts, his uncle, someone from extended family might have been playing in that polka band at that polka show. And they had video or audio recording of it. And then 
Tyson or or even Hoops, anyone could have been like, can we take that song? It's just nice. We want to kind of end on kind of a goofy, another tongue-in-cheek moment, like to put a polka song at the end of our Christian pop punk record would be really fun to just put a polka song from an actual polka performance in Canton. He mentions Canton. That's probably why they picked this particular clip because they mention the town they're from and it's sort of some hometown love to have this sort of ironic clip of a punk, of a polka band at the end of your pop punk album that mentions your hometown. So I think it could be that, or it could just happen to be a concert they happen to go to and they happen to have, you know, and they happen to have this audio and they own the audio and maybe they cleared it with whoever the band is, which also makes me wonder, you know, darn, I wonder if we could like deep dive into like the copyright registration of this album, <laughs> like the ads cap of it and see if anyone else is credited for the music and the hidden track. That wasn't something I thought to do. I don't, I'm not good at doing that. David Park gave me advice on how to do that once, and I was not good at it. I was, like, not doing the right <laughs> search terms. It's not a simple tool to do that. It didn't feel simple for me to do that. So that's what I'm thinking. But one th- other thing I did try to do, I mentioned it before, was search Brown's Polka. What's a song? Because he says at the end of this clip, at the very end of the hidden track on this Reliant K record, the guy says in the Polka concert... He says, have you ever heard my song about the Browns? Have they played it here in Canton? Let's play it now. And he says, I wrote this song. So I'm like, okay, it should be pretty simple for me to Google. Did you try Cleveland Browns? I did. I tried every aspect of it. And I found a couple songs about the Cleveland Browns and Polka. One that stood out in context more than any other was by Frankie Spedich. Frankie Spedich, and he has a couple different records. He has a couple different, like this Frankie Spedich and his orchestra, this and that. None of these are on Spotify. They're on Discogs. The records have existed, but whoever has the rights to them doesn't put them up in the streaming world. Frankie Spedich seems to have been from Ohio. Because once I found Frankie Spedich's Cleveland Browns polka song, it was performed in Ohio in this one YouTube video in 1998. Oh, wow. So I'm like, we're getting real close to something. The context, the things are lining up. I couldn't find a song called Espanol from Frankie Spedich, but then I looked into it and he was like an Ohio polka legend guy. And he died recently at 90 or 80 or something. He had a long life. And he looks like, and he had a couple other songs about Ohio, because mm-hmm. since his music isn't specifically on Spotify, I went to Discogs and I looked at each of his records, trying to find this song, Espanol or something like that. Instead, I found a couple of different songs that the titles reference Ohio. These records aren't even like ripped on uh, YouTube, <laughs> like a couple of songs are. But the, the I don't even know if any of them were pressed to CD. That's what we're talking about. Plus, I kind of discovered through this that the polka world is kind of like the jazz world. Like, we get kind of, like, we think of rock discographies in this kind of box of, like, you start the band Reliant K and you release every album as Reliant K until some such day as Reliant K stops, which has never happened, just saying. 
any other band like it's just the band name and that and maybe the band goes off and maybe a member goes off and does a side project that's not how like the jazz world nor the polka world works because when i go to frankie spedich's discogs page there's frankie spedich and his orchestra there's frankie spedich and the like it was something like the americans or frankie spedich and the yanks and like all these, and it's just like more like you're looking for an album that has Frankie Spedich exactly, on it. Exactly, right. He gets as opposed it on to it being albums, one band. Right, yeah. yes. Like the way of marketing something around one band, that's very specific to the pop and rock world. Once you get into polka and, you know, jazz and classical, it's more like what artists happen to be part of this ensemble for this record. And they called the, the orchestra this band name for just this album or two. So it got very confusing to try to, like, find all this music when so much of it has never even been on CD. Would love to know. Put it on the list. Matt Hoops, Matt Thiessen, when you're finally on Sadie Hawkins' pod, what's up with the hidden tracks on the (laughs) self-titled? Well, I'll go ahead and make a note of that, and let's take our break. Thank you so much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. If you want to join the conversation, please contact us with thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, 402-95-SADIE, or send an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. You can also visit our socials. Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are all at Sadie Hawkins Pod, where you can see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit SadieHawkinsPod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as our merch store for shirts, mugs, and stickers. And on Facebook, search for Sadie Hawkins Group to discuss our show and Reliant K. It's admin by Danny, so honestly, you can probably post almost anything there. We also want to thank our patrons at Patreon.com slash SadieHawkinsPod, who include Samantha, Matthew, Bjorn, Emily, Isaac, Kindle, Joshua, Daniel, Jay, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes. Unlock dozens of existing bonus apps, including K is for Karaoke songs, every chapter of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book, stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon-exclusive shirt when you have donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Whether you join the Patreon or not, we appreciate that you have a lot of choices for podcasts out there in the world, so it's nice that you chose us. Thanks. So before you go into your deep dive, I'm going to take things a little out of order, but with a purpose. Okay. So there's only one YouTube video of Punk Rock Picnic, like, deliberately titled as such on youtube uh relying k i didn't put it in my notes i have to find it again here it is it's really easy to find when you type in relying k punk rock picnic at least for me you get this the first video that comes up is i mushroom you that's the name of the youtube channel all one word the letter i the word mushroom and the letter u i mushroom you Only 902 views after 15 years. This is a Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets movie fan video. Oh, wow. Set to Punk Rock Picnic. But what is shocking... Is that 
I don't hear any of the TV chatter. Yeah, no. It's a really low compression video. Again, this is uploaded 15 they years ago. They it out. They could have just. They could have been that simple. They might have just done that. Okay. Especially because it has that very, you know, wet sort of sound to it. Well, the wetness, the wet. That's a wet digital sound. That's what happens right. when you have a highly compressed audio file from 15 years ago. Right. Six, you know, the 96 kilobyte MP3. Right, but could they have not have also run it through an extra processor on top of that? I guess that's very possible, but I would just... I'm downloading this now in case after 15 years it suddenly just disappears. But I just noticed that when you like go to the end of it... You don't... I'm putting it right up to my ear right now. You don't hear the guy talk about, like, did you see anyone else on this beach? Right. I thought for sure that line of dialogue, did you see anyone else on this beach? I thought for sure I would be able to, like, Google that. And nope, I couldn't. Like, you don't hear any of that in here. So I'm hypothetically wondering if I Mushroom You had the track Heavy Metal from the pre-release version of the self-titled. Right. And this is, I gotta put my conspiracy hat on a little bit. But here's what we know for, here are some facts we know for certain. Reliant K loves Harry Potter. (laughs) They went to Harry Potter world. they make fan videos. Yes, this is definitely their own fan video. To their own And they took the instrumental track. Exactly. No. (laughs) Here's, here's, here are two facts That I know for sure, because we've lived these in the last three years during this podcast. The track Ed Sullivan, what was originally intended as the interstitial to lead into Nancy Drew, and it got cut for copyright reasons because they couldn't clear the actual cover of the song Ed Sullivan. Right. That track did exist in file trading sites in the early 2000s. And those file trading peer-to-peer sites eventually went down and that became lost media again someone in the early 2000s had the pre-release version of the ed of the self-titled whether the pre-mixed version or a later mixed version of the pre-release of the self-titled someone had it early relying k fan digitized it it was on napster it was on kazaa not enough people saved it. It disappeared from the internet until Reliant K's Too Sick, that other YouTube page, suddenly re-uploaded it about five years ago. It was lost media. We also know that Snake Charmer existed on the internet in the early 2000s on the original Napster. Fans had it, but they didn't protect it enough for the like public internet to always have access to. So it again disappeared from the internet until about a year ago, even though people had the file, no one had put it on YouTube or SoundCloud or anything else. So it's entirely plausible that the pre-mix version of Punk Rock Picnic existed 15 years ago on file trading sites and that no one paid enough attention. Reliant K fans aren't out there being like good enough super deep cut fans. Come on, guys, to like save these incredibly precious, valuable alternate versions of tracks that were on Kazaa and LimeWire and Napster, but then kind of disappeared and never got re-uploaded to YouTube. They aren't in those 
Google Drive links that bounce around for fans that we see that we have a, we have all of that stuff ourselves, but there's other rare tracks that still aren't on those Google Drives that are out there for fans. Now, Jessica's right. It could be as simple as it was this track for this Harry Potter fan video was compressed down so far that you suddenly can't hear the static or any of the dialogue, but you really can't can't hear it. Excuse me, I hiccuped. So I don't think that's it. I think that this really was made from... Unless I, I, you know what, I didn't put big headphones on and really try to listen to hear if that dialogue was like way down in the mix because it was splittered out. But fascinating to find one fan video on YouTube <laughs> set to Punk Rock Picnic and it happens to possibly be an alternate version of Punk, right. an alternate mix of Punk Rock Picnic. So is that all you have for us? That's all I have okay. for these tracks. No one, okay. I didn't find any fan videos set to the polka. I didn't, I didn't even find individual fan uploads of just Punk Rock Picnic. Like we did for Ballad of Tim Eddings and you can find right. for Silly Shoes. Like I didn't even find, on oh, the pre-gap tracks on the various later albums. I didn't even find anyone just uploading Punk Rock Picnic on its own to YouTube, nor much less call us rock stars. <laughs> so we'll end on the deep dive then. So over on Reddit on r slash Reliant K two years ago, you slash Fireseeker for him posted meaning of hidden track on Reliant K album discussion. I've been an RK forever and have never been able to figure out what the deal is with that hidden track. It starts out with jumbled TV noises and then goes to a polka song. Other hidden tracks kind seem of just to passing follow over that there's actual theme. rock music in there. But this one just baffles me. Am I missing something? And then I'm just going to skip. Uh, there's four comments and I'm going to skip the first one to Dakotaology or Dakotaology. Two years ago, responded, their self-titled album, I believe it's one of the Matt's grandparents' polka group. Well, I did not read this, and I, I just felt like that was a pretty reasonable theory. And they have nine upvotes on that. Okay. And then, uh, the other com- one of the other comments that I will read is from, you can see my socks two years ago, responded... <laughs> LOL, I think you're overthinking it. It's just a silly track by some silly 19-20-year-olds. What I do want to know, though, is who played lead guitar on the first half of that song. I suspect Mark Lee Townsend. Well, you can see my socks. If you read the insert, you would know that that's not correct. And speaking Uh. of well, you would know, I will have you know that you gave me a difficult time via Twitter for the Cars song. Guess what? John Mayer did do a song on that album. Route 66. It plays over the end credits. So yeah, I know what I'm talking about. There is a John Mayer song in Cars. Thank you. Sorry it wasn't Life is a Highway. (laughs) But I still knew that he was on there. See, I was going to say, you can see my socks coming in as an MVP for this episode, but then you're just like, Daniel, fuck you. (laughs) But I'll say, I also wondered, when I wrote my notes earlier, I wrote it right here. I agree with Daniel. Well, let me see my notes. I had it on another page. I wonder who really played on it. (laughs) That's what I wrote down. (laughs) I wonder who really played all that shredding guitar. And then... 
20 minutes before we started this podcast, I opened the booklet and it says that thing at the end about how Markley Townsend did not play any guitar on this record. They, you know... Uh, Unless that's just uh, a misdirection? <laughs> that's a nice way of what I was about to say was it, maybe it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but why would Children of God lie in yeah. the booklet of their CD, yeah. um, they probably just could have. They probably could have just lied. Or, you know, it's misdirecting. Maybe it was a secret uh, guest guitar player, and it's not Markley Townsend, if this line from the booklet is to be believed. And maybe it was someone else. Maybe it's Toby Mac. <laughs> I don't even know if Toby <laughs> Mac plays guitar. <laughs> Oh, well, then maybe it's John Rubin. <laughs> John Rubin, last chance. We're doing Silly Shoes next week. Last chance to be on Sadie Hawkins' pod. All right. Well, then, from World of Weird Al Yankovic. Forum. Oh, here it is. Wait, sorry. Oh. Sorry. Uh, here it is from last week in the booklet for for the self-titled Management, Timothy Eddings. It's right there. Well, boom. There it's right there, management, Timothy Eddings. And then I what I'm guessing is his street address. <laughs> it's literally just a street address. It's not a P.O. box. Wow. And a phone number and a fax line. And this is what I talked about last week is like, do you think? And I'm sure. And here's the booking. David Artist Agency was their original booker. Oh, located in Nashville. And uh, oh, and Tim Eddings' email was ReliantKManager at AOL.com. So tying back to last week's episode, I just have to wonder how many of us out there, I never did it, I would have if I thought about it, but I didn't do it. How many of us out there would like try to call the managers of bands we liked because their phone numbers were listed? It's like, can you get me in touch with Matt Thiessen? Well, you can creepily show up at their house. (laughs) (laughs) So WeirdAlForum.com, World of Weird Al Yankovic, songs that would sound awesome on a polka, massive Massivi fan on December 21st, 2005, which was a Wednesday at 1230 a.m., said, uh, Return of the Alternative Polka, Green Day American Idiot, Beck Girl, Weezer, We Are All on Drugs, Reliant K, Be My Escape. I mean, yes, I would love to hear Reliant K in a polka medley, but I just don't feel like (laughs) they're at that level where they would end up on a Weird Al polka medley. Franz Ferdinand, Take Me Out, My Chemical Romance, Helena, Bloodhound Gang, Foxtrot, Uniform, Charlie Kilo, Gorillas, Feel Good Inc., White Stripes, Blue Orchid, uh, Nine Inch Nails Only, Coldplay, Speed of Sound, Foo Fighters, DOA, Thrice, Image of the Invisible. Uh, uh, thrice as well. I, I don't think Thrice is at a level where they would end up on a Reliant, uh, <laughs> Weird Al Polka medley. That's just, you know, that's just some fan headcanon, some wishes. I get it. But I also don't know if, like, that's so, totally cohesive. Like, every Polka medley by Weird Al has a theme even if the theme is here's some hit songs from the last three years since the last weird al album or it's here's all the alternative songs or here's a whole bunch of rolling stone songs or here's queen like there's got to be a theme to each polka medley right and that doesn't yeah i get it it's kind of warped tour music but it's not a good enough well they said a return of the alternative polka yeah but i mean if you're gonna i get it i totally get it and he did American Idiot. He did Canadian Idiot. Like, you can't do a... 
I feel what like what was that before after December whatever I said 2005 I don't remember but I'll look that up so then over on thebash.com Canton Ohio polka bands looking for a polka band for a live performance at your event from birthday parties to weddings cultural celebrations and more you'll find a number of traditional polka bands out of the Canton Ohio area only on the bash We've got North Coast Mix. They're from Parma, Ohio, approximately 42 miles from Canton. You can book them starting at $600. We've got the Cleveland Dixieland Band. They're only $325 per event. Uh, The Tom Allen Variety Band. They're $250. Then we've got Ken and Mary Turbo Accordions Express. $400 per event. Route 161 Happy Wanderers, 100 per event. These people should be paying us to give them the Sadie Hawkins bomb bomb. <laughs> Trans Am Euro Mutts, uh, they're 450 per event. Some of these names border on offensive. Big Band Orchestra Express, oh, they're 1,700 in event. Oh, well, they're, they're big doing. They're, they're a big band. Oh, wow. Then there's it's a lot of mouths to feed. Well, let's see. Are they coming? They're coming from Michigan. So that's not a Canton, Ohio band. The next one is also not a Canton, Ohio band. They're also from uh, Michigan. They're from Milford, Michigan, with Ambassadors Big Band. And they're a whopping $2,200 per event. Then there's the Polka Brothers. They're from New York. So I don't even know what they're doing on here. They're only 800 per event. Maybe it's like that's the list. Like they kind of, it's an algorithm of closest to Canton. And then yeah. it kind of like goes out further, further, further. Well, depending no, then on your Chicago, budget. which would be closer than New York, I would imagine, is uh, is listed further down. Oh, wow! There's some really interesting stuff here. Um, oh, the Stumblebums, aka Stumblebum Brass Band, oh. uh, from New York City. I feel like some of these aren't polka bands, but bands yeah. that can play a polka. Yeah, yeah, poke, definitely. Poke, poke, poke. Canadian Idiot was from straight out of Linwood, and that was from 2006. So this was the year before. So that post there was There you the go. Well, Weird Al took it from that poster, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> See, that's why he says, I can't, I, I can't look at your ideas legally, because he's going around the internet right. stealing them. <laughs> then he we... goes to amiright.com, and he exactly. steals people's parodies. Uh, then we have a completely unrelated article, but Cleveland 19 News has an article called Polka Rockers Push Old World Music for New Generation. Mm. If you have any interest they might be in giants. that. <laughs> if you have any interest in that. This is actually from January 14th, 2002, this article. Uh, but that is old world music when you think about it. <laughs> this we is, talk about old world music <laughs> all the time. This is from Paul Singer. There is a growing movement among polka aficionados to infuse the music with rock and roll to convince a new generation the polka is not old world music played on big accordions by men in polyester suits. We're trying to bring polka to a more modern kind of excitement and to rock. We are trying to be more fun, said Don Hedeker, founder of Chicago based Pocaholics. The Pocaholics, We Play Polkas on Guitar, is a theme song for the band and a growing group of... Danny, the Pocaholics are going to flag us for their no, content. this oh, is oh. They Might Be Giants, the famous polka. Well, that's even worse. Uh, 
uh, the Pokeholics, we play polkas on guitar as a theme song for both the band and a growing group of rock slash polka bands. It is played in the traditional umpapa two-step polka rhythm, but faster, louder, and with electric guitar and uh, electric guitar lead instead of an accordion. In bow ties and ruffled shirts, the Pocaholics rock through polka favorites like In Heaven There Is No Beer, That's Why We Drink It Here, and Beer Barrel Polka. The music is partly a spoof of polka stereotypes, poking fun at the traditional elegance of polka, kielbasa, and beer. For instance, the Happy Schnapps combo, based in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, leads off its 1999 album, Beer Muscle, with a surf party, ooh, guitar polka, called We Can Get Drunk Than Use. We Can Get Drunker Than Use. We Can Get Drunker Than Use. Yeah. Uh, but in groups like Y-O-U-S-E. But in groups like the Pocaholics, Brave Combo for Denton, Texas. Wait, Brave Combo from Denton, Texas and Kick from uh, Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Is this, is this, we can get drunker than you? No, so there's, think so there's two Pocaholics. There's oh, Pocaholics okay. spelled with an L-I-C s at the end and there's pocaholics with an l-i-x at the oh, end this is the happy sh- schnapps combo dan oh sorry happy uh, schnapps combo yeah how do you spell schnapps, or schnapps depending happy on how you want to combo <laughs> spell it s-c-h-n-a-p-p-s oh, i found it they only have one song on spotify is it we can get drunker than you no it's called oh, the ba- the bears still suck <laughs> of course <laughs> um Uh, It is also a serious effort to broaden the reach of a traditional music that has struggled to grab young audiences. Brave Combo won a Polka Grammy Award for their 1999 album, Polka Sonic, which hues closely to traditional polka, but with a heavy electric guitar presence. The last track on the album is a surreal version of Jimi Hendrix's Purple Haze with the famous guitar opening guitar riff played on a saxophone that sounds kind of interesting uh we can bring new people in that would never that would under no other circumstances know this music said brave combo founder and guitarist carl finch we find that they're sorry i just realized that this is a really long article and i was like well <laughs> we find that there and are I, not a I lot of i was playing <laughs> sorry i went to uh I love that when you type in I love the current like mixes thing that Spotify does where if you type in a if you type in a a, a genre or a general mood it'll be like here's that idea in a mix made just for you it's like it's and the algorithm puts it together now I hate that like if I type in a genre it'll only show me songs I've played in that genre but if I type in a genre I'm curious about and I've never played anything in that it'll give me a nice mix of things I've never heard of so I typed in modern polka and it gave me a modern polka mix and the top artist it gave me is called Musiksten by a actually German uh, oh, polka band cool. and there's like 25,000 people bears. in this band <laughs> <laughs> And they've um, all got giant horns. I'm just going to finish up 
uh, Carl Finch's quote and then uh, skip forward a little bit. We find that there are not a lot of preconceived ideas about Poco with the college kids and younger. Someone, Someone please, please save, save them. Get uh, it? <laughs> they haven't had any exposure to it. They don't know what it is. Skipping forward a little bit. Good for them. Brave Combo <laughs> sold 74000 over the same period. By comparison, the Backstreet Boys have sold over 29 what? million albums in the U.S. since 1991. <laughs> okay. But also since 1991. The Backstreet Boys haven't been around since 1991. <laughs> Poka suffers in part because of factionalism that splits fans. There are separate Poka Halls of Fame in Chicago and Cleveland, each featuring stars of the city's unique Poka styles. The Chicago sound is descended from Polish Poka, while the Cleveland style is rooted in Slovenian traditions, which mm. is very interesting. Backstreet Boys started in 1993, although their first album came out in 96. Yeah, there you go. Boom, not 91. Yeah, I wouldn't expect uh, a Poka writer to 19. know anything about the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Oh my gosh, and it just keeps going and going and going. Well, fascinating. I got a lot of good news. Polka was rock and roll when it started in Europe (laughs) in the 1800s, says Linda Big Lou Seekins of Big Lou's Polka Casserole in San Francisco. She said the marriage of rock and polka is natural. It was a dance for the common people, and people were touching, she says. Parents disapproved of it, and there were riots in the streets. That this is not. Uh, this no, is... I don't know if this counts as polka, but I typed in polka rock, and I just got some random strangers' Spotify list of polka rock songs, and really, it's a lot of Irish rock. I suppose that that polka is that there that the the yeah, there's Kick Murphy is hardly... there's cross pollination musical <laughs> musically. Okay, well, this makes no sense. This I typed in polka rock mix and. Maybe Spotify was like, oh, you want some polka songs and some rock songs. Because I type in polka rock mix. And what's the first song it gives me? Ah, yes, that classic polka song. I'll stick around by the Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah, here's another one of my favorite polka rock songs, Spotify. Hold on. Oh my goodness gracious. I don't even know why this is a That's mix for me. That's how you tie me. it all back into your like. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I listened to POD on Spotify. Yeah, this is this doesn't make any sense. Rolling Stones, Primus, Street Dogs, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Wolf Mother, Iron Maiden. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, noted. Polka Marilyn bands. Manson, The Dope Show. I've what? never listened to a single Marilyn Manson song. And like I said, if you, you type... have listened to Marilyn Manson, ain't my girlfriend, though. Right. This 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 doesn't make any sense. They really messed this up. Well, here's a polka. Here's oh yeah, that's right. Polka your polka in the eye by the Blue Meanies. Oh, I'm sure yeah. if I started thinking about, it, I could think of a bunch of different ska punk bands that I love. Oh, probably who have played who a have, polka yeah. song as a joke. Well, Dan, over this, do you like this song <laughs> actually, or these two songs? Oh, oh, you no, have more. I have something to actually to end on underneath. Oh, okay. And it's very appropriate as something to play underneath. All right. Are you familiar with the type beat concept? The Blink-182 type beat, etc.? Well, I don't want... You mean like someone has the same type of beat as someone else, like Ramon's core or something? Yes, exactly. Okay. But especially nowadays where, because of emo rap 
and how rock has pollinated so heavily into hip hop right in the way that it has at this point with emo rock with mm-hmm. emo rap uh, blink one eighty two type beat is a thing you can type into YouTube or SoundCloud and get tons of like you know bed tracks of blink 182 type things that you can rap on top of this is the first time i'd ever seen this this is from only six months ago this is uploaded by hash kit and i found this by typing in relying k punk rock trying to look for picnic you know okay so this is hash kit with their reliant k type beat that you can use for your emo rap This is by BeatStars, I guess. Subscribe. I hope they don't, like, try to... They have, like, Sounds a... Sounds just like Reliant K. It does. <laughs> they have one of those, what do you call it, uh, audio uh, watermarks where mm. you can hear their the name of their uh, YouTube channel a couple times. I found three Reliant K-type beats. I don't know if they all are the same with different uploads. Well, this is more like Blink-182. I was about to say. Well, on a Friday night, I work alone. Yeah. He always says, I work alone, but I thought he said, I, I walk alone. I'm I like, did too. Yeah, I was like, that never made sense until I looked up the lyric, and he's like, he wears cologne. This is from Tanner Shot Me. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. This is a type, this is a Blink-182 or Lion K type beat you can get. And here's the last one. Oh wow! Stranger you are things. my fire, <laughs> my one desire. Speaking of Backstreet Boys, so this is another punk rock Reliant K Blink One Eighty Two type beat by Tanner Shotney. So uh, we'll if use you this. say so, um, <laughs> Jessica. Uh, y- yes, <laughs> we'll approach this as two separate songs. What do you think of... You were going to ask me, so you, you was, asked me. I just uh, took this out of your mouth, so Dan, you said it. Well, you usually do the end bit. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of... What's the first one called? <laughs> Punk Rock Picnic. Picnic. Uh, I, we didn't talk about my experience with this song, but I never listened to this song growing up. I never, ever listened to it. I've hardly yeah. ever listened to it. Yeah. I just never was interested in getting to the hidden track on the self-titled. We've talked about how I barely ever... Silly Shoes is the hidden track I listen to the most. But I barely ever listen to Skittles and Combos in its time. Um, I basically never listen to this. So I do like Punk Rock Picnic a little bit more than ever. Because I've given it more time of day than I ever have before. I definitely remember, like, you know, being in the car and just not paying attention to the fact that K-Car had ended... Uh, and hearing this afterwards. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a lot of, like, strong memories surrounding it or attached to it, but I do remember it happening and just coming on eventually. Um, but, yeah, it's it's interesting. I like the uh, polka a bit more than yeah. the punk rock picnic. No, I the definitely... We like... are rock stars, you are rock stars, whatever it's called. Right. Very Call well done. Rock Call us rock stars. Yeah, it's just more fun, and if yeah. there's actually a Tyson or a Tyson adjacent person in there, then or it's... Or a Hoops or a Hoops adjacent person. <laughs> yeah, then it's technically a Relying K song. <laughs> For, <laughs> even though it's a completely different band performing it. Um, and it also brings to mind something I mentioned but on before, but on John Linnell, one of the guys from They Might Be Giants, on his solo record... It ends with five minutes of real life audio from like a local town parade. 
Interesting. He like met, he writes the song around the beat at the beginning of the clip, around the beat of like the drum line. He writes a song that he places on top of this real audio of a parade. But then when his song mm-hmm. ends, the audio of the parade just continues for another five minutes. And interesting I, and pretentious. You, interesting and pretentious, but I could easily listen to that whole track. Of course you can. And it's like six minutes long, but it's just so fun to listen to like people out and about having a nice time after you've heard of They Might Be Giants as Jason's song. So it's just really nice to hear a bunch of people in Canton having a nice time in the late 90s. Who says you can't enjoy band. yourself in Canton? Yeah, so Clearly I love... these folks are. I, yeah, in Canton, you can enjoy yourself if Darn you're into too. polka. I love this song more, so... Go enjoy some polka. Love it more. Have a good week at Reliant K, next album, all modern polka. (laughs) Hey, have any of you uh, folks out there, have they been playing uh, our uh, Brown song that uh, we recorded? They've been playing it on the radio quite a bit. I wrote a song uh, about the Browns. You you didn't hear it here in Canton? The Browns are back. Oh, they're here. Wait, I'll play it for you.